Did you use the chocolate bar wrappers? No, because I don't have a printer. Oh, so that's so sad. I did. Yay! That makes they me are, so happy. Sam was awesome. like, I don't know if anybody's gonna use them. I don't know if they look good. I'm like, shut up. They look fine. They're awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, we weren't. Sun wasn't sure that anybody at all would download it. So I'm glad a few people did. Well, and you know, because we do not say Valentine's Day on them, this was kind of one of the things that I was thinking. We can still wrap chocolate bars in them and like say, give some out at Camp Walkaway. So we can say, we can give out some taco love. Yes. Rachel. And this is the Me So Hungry podcast. Eat the Dakimas! Just Me So Hungry! Today, like always, we are bringing you everything you never knew you wanted to know about Japanese food. So, Rachel, eaten anything interesting lately? Actually, for dinner tonight, I made nabeyaki udon.、Oh. <laughs> My own little. Valentine's Day gift to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so jealous. It was really good. <laughs> ha ha. <laughs> so mean. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I put, let's see, it had chicken in it, and I actually chopped up some endive and put that in there, and shiitake mushrooms, and of course, noodles in the broth. A lot of ginger and garlic, and then、um, some eggs. You are torturing me, woman. Sorry. It、Evil. was so good, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was. It sounds fantastic. So, today we are talking about taco, but not Mexican tacos. No. Although our tacos can be in Mexican tacos. Very true. But what we're talking about is octopus, which the Japanese word for it is taco, hence the sometimes confusion when we talk about taco. Basically, you can almost guarantee on this podcast that if we say taco, we are referring to our eight legged friend, not a shell filled with lettuce and ground、Delicious、beef and、things. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, octopus. So, they kind of tend to eat this stuff in Japan. Yes, they do. They eat it a lot and it's delicious. It is, which it's so sad that I think people are a little bit afraid of it here in the US in a way. Well, I think people don't always know how to prepare it here. So, a lot of times you can get really, really chewy, rubbery octopus that you just cannot get down.、Bad、Plus, it looks. Yes. It looks kind of scary, too. Yeah, it, it is a little alien looking. Mm hmm. But when prepared right, it's so good. It's so delicious. One interesting thing about it in Japan is that it's never really eaten raw. Well, except for maybe a few unusual circumstances. But even when it's served as quote unquote sashimi, it's not true sashimi. It's not raw. They boil it, it's brined and you know, cut before it's served as, as sushi or sashimi. So it's never. Uncooked. I never knew that.、Hmm. Yeah, if you think about it raw, it's got this kind of 
gray gelatinous look to it. But when it cooks, depending on the variety, the, the outside turns a really beautiful purple and then the, the flesh turns white. So I mean, it's it makes a lot sense more, now that I think about it, but yeah, I didn't realize that. It's a lot more appetizing looking cooked <laughs> than it is raw. <laughs> yes, that is very true. Now I'm curious, have you ever seen a whole octopus sold whole outside of Japan? Like, have you seen whole octopus here in the U.S.? No, I don't. I'm trying to think, but I'm almost 100% positive I've never seen it here. I think I may have seen it, like, at an Asian market, but... Yeah, but you definitely wouldn't see it outside of an Asian market. Yeah, there's a possibility I've seen one at, like, a Chinese, like, 99 Ranch or something like that. There it was probably still swimming around, like, in a tank, but definitely not anywhere else. Yeah, so I think in some ways... Well, I take that back. I mean, you just... (laughs) You just don't see a lot of whole animals sold in the u.s period right that's true everything even cut up even like shrimp you don't generally see it with the head on all of that it's usually most grocery stores have it pre-shelled so to speak yeah and even at all the like the chain supermarkets here you rarely see a whole fish with its head on like Mm -hmm. occasionally maybe a trout but but really almost never yeah Unless you go to, like, an Asian supermarket or a specifically fish store. Or I'm guessing Mexican supermarkets, I believe, are similar to Asian ones in that sense. But Yeah, I'm trying to think. I definitely frequent Asian markets a lot more than Mexican ones. So yeah, I'm more same. familiar with that. Though there are a lot more Mexican markets way closer to me than any Asian markets. <laughs> but go figure. Yeah. Okay, well, so before we talk about actually eating taco and like what you can do with it and how they eat it in Japan. Let's talk a little bit about sustainability because there are some issues with with taco. Yeah, it's unfortunately not, well, in general, it's not a very sustainable option, which makes me sad. Yeah. And here's the issue. One of the biggest problems is that Japan has this huge octopus preparation industry, meaning that Octopus is exported into Japan from all over the world. And there in Japan, they prepare it and they freeze it. And then they re-export it to, like, say, sushi establishments in the U.S. or Europe and everywhere else. And because of this, it's really difficult to discover the origin of octopus. But it's extremely important because depending on where that octopus originated really makes a difference in its sustainability. Yeah, and the problem is that even if you could know where all the octopus was from, it doesn't always necessarily help because a lot of fisheries like in Vietnam or Senegal, they're not well regulated, so they may tell you they do it one way, but don't necessarily do it that way. Like, there's really no way to know if they're fishing in a sustainable manner or if they're telling you what they're actually doing. Right. So basically what we've found is that if for some reason you're able to figure out that, say, your octopus has come from Spain, if it has been pot cut, this means that they catch the octopus in a pot. This is like the best possible option, but it's hard to find. Mm -hmm. Most of them are caught 
by bottom trawling where they drag big nets along the sea bottoms and there's a ton there's damage done to the sea bottom there's bycatch meaning they catch other species in the nets you know so it's just there's just big negative impact it's just um, so bad. yeah so spain pot caught octopus is good some other good options hawaii so if you have octopus from hawaii this is a good alternative because they do a lot of spear fishing and lure and line, and these are sustainable fishing methods. Some octopus species are caught in the Gulf of California. Overfishing isn't a big issue here. Most of the fi- the most common fishing methods lead to minimal bycatch, so this has also been labeled as a good alternative. So Hawaii, Gulf of California, and pot caught octopus from Spain. And the rest is just, you want to avoid it. So you can have good octopus. You can have sustainable octopus. You just need to do your homework, do your research, and make sure what you're getting is from somewhere where it's caught in a sustainable manner. And where the populations have not been overfished. Right. Although it does help that octopuses are fast growing and they produce a ton of offspring. So hopefully for most places, overfishing isn't too much of a problem for octopuses. Very true. Okay, so let's talk about how to eat them. (laughs) Assuming we have sustainable octopus, how should we eat them? Well, let's start off with the most obvious. Sushi. Sushi. (laughs) Okay, so one thing that I think people tend to overlook because of its texture. It's it's very it can be very firm and chewy. And I think mm-hmm. to a lot of foreigners, the texture can be a real turnoff. But because of that, what's overlooked is is the flavor. Octopuses feed on other ingredients that we would call you know we would make into sushi. So you know they eat crab, they eat lobster, they eat scallops. All of these things make their flesh really high in protein and give them just wonderful flavor. So if you can get past the texture or learn to prepare it in a way where you're not going to be battling that texture, you are going to find it is so good. Yeah, it took me a little while to get past the texture. There were quite a few years where I just could not eat octopus because chewy, it just, it's so hard to eat, but I've gotten past that. It's definitely different, that and squid. Mm -hmm. I mean, they definitely stand out (laughs) texture-wise. Yeah. So for sushi, they use only the tentacles. So if you've got a larger octopus, this is great because that makes them easier to slice. So just, you know, like we mentioned before, they boil it to tenderize it and firm up the flesh and make it look like it tastes better. (laughs) And then, you know, they chop the tentacles off of the octopus and they cut them on the diagonal in these really thin like eighth of an inch slices and when you do this if it's been cooked slowly not rapidly and cut nice and thin it's actually quite tender and because it's so thin it's a lot easier to to chew so yeah kind of reminds me of how you did the um goy duck oh yeah like that can be really chewy but when you sliced it really thinly it's so good yeah, because then you can really focus on the flavor instead of on like how much your jaw is hurting trying to chew through it. <laughs> yes. So, and people okay. actually do eat live octopus. 
This is so weird to me. Yeah, and based on what I know in my experience, this is a lot more popular in Korea. <laughs> but in Japan, there are some places where you can do this, and it's more just to say you've done it, I think. It's quite dangerous. So what happens? It, well, have you ever seen it? I mean, you can find videos on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, I've seen videos of it. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> so they take a live octopus, they put it down on a cutting board, and they chop off its tentacles. And the tentacles continue to move and writhe and try and grab onto things. And you like dip them in a bit of soy sauce and then chew them down. And it, it's scary because those little suckers are so powerful. And if you do not swallow exactly the right way, they could get stuck and you could choke and die. And it happens. People die from doing this. Yeah, see, this is why I would never do this. Yeah, it, <laughs> like I'm pretty daring, I think, when it comes to the food I'll eat, but this, to me, is less daring than it is stupid. <laughs> but hey, well, you just eat me. fugu, which to me is like, that's scary, terrifying. I would never want to do that. But for me, the only time people really die from fugu is when it's prepared by an unlicensed chef. And they always take a bite when they prepare it to prove <laughs> that it's not going to kill you. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think I... I, we saw a documentary on it or something, and the guy narrating was like, yeah, so if the sushi chef cuts himself right now, he'll die. I'm like, what? Yeah. This is horrible. Why would anybody want to do this? Yeah. To say you can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, moving on. Now we come to the octopus balls. Told you it was going to happen. Takoyaki! Ta-ta, takoyaki. Takoyaki, ta-ta. <laughs> So for our listeners, there is a song, a takoyaki song. We will link to it. We but we are warning it. you. <laughs> it is highly, highly addictive. Yes. <laughs> and it will get stuck in your head. And do not blame us because we warned you. And you will be singing it months from now because you cannot get it out of your head. Every time you eat or see the word takoyaki, it will be in your head. <laughs> you have been warned. So yeah, go watch the video. It's fun. <laughs> so takoyaki, what is it? Takoyaki are octopus balls, but not in the way you're thinking, you people with dirty minds. They are balls, like little donut type balls with bits of octopus inside. <laughs> They're delicious. One of my all-time favorite foods on the planet. They're so good. Especially when done well. They're so good. And doing them well, that's really important. Mm -hmm. So they've got this batter. It's kind of like a savory pancake batter and a, a special pan. It's usually cast iron. It's got these little spherical indentations in it that they pour the batter into. And then they drop filling into it. So really finely diced octopus. And then a lot of the time they add tenkasu, which is like tempura scraps. So tempura batter that's been fried up, but without anything. And then pickled ginger and green onion. It makes these round little, like you said, kind of like donut shaped balls. And then when they're cooked, they brush them with this takoyaki sauce. It's kind of like a, like a sweet and sour type sauce and some mayo. And then they sprinkle it with a bit of aonori, which is, they're these uh, really fine seaweed bits and then some katsuobushi, which are shavings from dried smoked bonito, which is a type of fish. And it's kind of fun when you get them fresh. 
the katsuobushi are just kind of moving around on top of your takoyaki. Yeah, it, it freaks people out the first time they see it because it looks like it's alive. But it's just that the flakes, the katsuobushi, are so thinly sliced that even you breathing over it m- makes them move. So they're kind of yeah, dancing. They're just <laughs> reacting to the heat. It's fun. <laughs> they're so good. So the pan that is used for takoyaki can be compared to, and I'm going to pronounce this wrong again, the Ebelskiver pan. That's what we call it. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to pretend that's the correct way to pronounce it since I have no idea. But it's very similar to that. And you've even said that you have used an Ebelskiver pan to make takoyaki. Yes. Yep. The only difference is the shape of the indentations is slightly different. But I mean, that really doesn't matter. Because even in Tokyo, there are places that make these giant ones. So in my mind, who cares if it's slightly off size wise? The pan works the exact same. And then I only have to have one pan instead of (laughs) two pans that are virtually the same. Takoyaki. Takoyaki are like the ultimate street food. Yes, for sure. They were the first, the very first Japanese food I had in Japan when I visited a couple of years ago. We went to, I want to say it was Ueno Park, but I'm not 100% sure on that. There was, it's the park with the zoo. Yes. Okay. On our way in, there was a stand that was selling those, that was selling takoyaki. And so we got some. So good. I've had takoyaki at that stand. <laughs> Yay! Awesome. During cherry blossom season. Yes, that's when we went. Yes. Okay, so they have all these food stalls, special food stalls set up during cherry blossom season because people go and they sit under the cherry trees Mm -hmm. with the blossoms kind of dropping on the ground and they bring picnics and they drink, but there are these vendors and you can buy okonomiyaki, takoyaki, all these things, and it's the best. You can also get them at Matsuri, which are festivals. They have a lot of summer festivals and there are same special food booths set up and it's just one of my favorite things to do is to get takoyaki. (laughs) There are also other stands other times of the year and then there are places that are just regular establishments um, like brick and mortar type places that are always there that specialize in things like takoyaki. So you don't have to wait for the cherry blossoms or for a festival, which is good because (laughs) I need my fix. (laughs) Now, you and I had some recently. We did. We had some in Little Tokyo. What did you think of them? Where's the taco? Yeah. I wasn't really a fan. I thought the texture was off and the flavor wasn't there. And Yeah, I haven't had enough to really be able to analyze it very well. But it was definitely lacking in the taco department. Yet there was nothing there that, that was like the takoyaki in Japan where it just you just get excited about eating the next one. <laughs> like I was totally done after one. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, totally lacking in taco. It was like, was there even anything in there to qualify this as takoyaki? Yeah, it really, I mean, there may have been really, really tiny, just a few very tiny bits of octopus. But I mean, you really couldn't tell that there was octopus in there. Now, takoyaki has, let's say, a grandfather. (laughs) It was, takoyaki was inspired by another dish, which I have actually never eaten. But it's called akashiyaki, and it's from this town called Akashi. They are just like takoyaki. They're these little dumplings, 
but the batter is eggier and the inside only is filled with taco, unlike takoyaki, which also usually has, you know, like the pickled ginger, the tempura bits, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then instead of putting a sauce on top, they dip it in dashi, which is like the um, Japanese sea stock. So they're different, but they still sound really delicious. I would love to try them. So where is Akashi in comparison to Tokyo? Akashi is in the Kansai region. So Tokyo is in the Kanto region. Kansai is like where Kyoto is. Kyoto's in Kansai. Mm -hmm. So it's more, um, what would that be like? Southern central Honshu. Honshu is the main island of Japan. I see. I really want to do another episode where we actually make takoyaki. And if yes. we do that, we'll just go ahead and make akashiyaki at the same time. Yes, definitely. Because they're just as easy to make. So, Okay, so another related interesting thing, I guess, is that in that region, there's this popular belief that eating octopus helps to relieve fatigue. <laughs> so... This is so popular that they've now unofficially named July 2nd as the Day of the Octopus. <laughs> I think we need to recognize this day. This is, I think July 2nd may become the official holiday for Me So Hungry. Yes. The Day <laughs> of the Octopus. <laughs> we'll have to think up some traditions and, and stuff for, for our holiday. <laughs> so what other random things do we know about takoyaki? Well, I guess we mentioned that it has a song. Yes, we've mentioned the song, definitely. Another place is in Osaka. There is a takoyaki museum. What? Yes. <laughs> it's like the ramen museum in Yokohama, which mm -hmm. we'll mention in a future episode. <laughs> but it's takoyaki. So it's, you know, you learn about how they make it. You see all the different equipment. You taste it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. I really want to go now. Me too. So should we talk about other ways in which octopus is eaten? Yes. So one way is taco su, which is an octopus salad. And su implies that there is vinegar, correct? Yeah, it's kind of like a, an abbreviated way of saying sunomono, which mm -hmm. is a type of salad with a, a like a vinegar dressing. So sunomono is like vinegar things. Mm-hmm. Like pickles and yeah. stuff like that. And, you know, people may have actually seen this before because sometimes they offer this as an appetizer, like a little tiny side salad at sushi bars or at Japanese restaurants. Oh, and that's true. Yeah. So they, they slice it really thin mm -hmm. and they toss it with some sliced cucumber. Sometimes they add wakame. Which is you know, seaweed. Ginger. Yeah. <laughs> seaweed. And they toss it all in this dressing. And the dressing is a really simple mixture of rice vinegar and sugar and then depending on the recipe soy sauce and it's delicious and refreshing really simple and actually really easy to make at home so the next way that octopus is sometimes eaten in japan is grilled octopus so sometimes they'll grill the tentacles if you have a big octopus or even whole baby octopuses on skewers. Don't I mean, you have a picture of, I, of the baby ones? I did put up a picture. Although I don't know if those were grilled. They, I mean, I actually have no idea what was done to them, but they kind of looked candied. Huh. Like they were shiny and bright reddish. Interesting. Yeah. So I actually, and as of yet, I cannot read or speak Japanese, so I have no idea what they were. But yeah, 
Another way to eat it that I actually love is dried. They season the octopus and then they dry it so that it's like an octopus jerky. And they sell other fish and squid this way. Mm-hmm. And it's really delicious. It's actually more tender than, say, a beef jerky. And it's just full of flavor and it's really, really addictive. Sounds really strange, but it it doesn't look all that weird. You know, it looks like just this dried white stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's fabulous. And it's really smelly. Just going to put that out there. (laughs) I guess when you open the bag, it does kind of... If you're not expecting it or you leave it in your backpack, everything (laughs) will start to smell like dried octopus. Are you speaking from experience? I have a boyfriend who loves this stuff. That's all I'm saying. Good guy. Good guy. (laughs) Okay, so how about a way that we're not so sure about? I kind of want to try this. I want to to try try this. Yeah, morbid curiosity, right? Yes. It's probably the weirdest thing we've talked about the entire podcast. So who wants to try some octopus ice cream? Yum. Taco ice. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to link to a little clip from an episode of Bizarre Foods. So Andrew Zimmern on one of his trips to Japan tried this. It's like like a sorbet almost, I think. And it's got bits of taco in it. And he was not a fan. The clip is quite <laughs> hilarious. But I, I still would love to try a spoonful. I feel like this is the kind of thing that son would enjoy. Oh, guaranteed. Mm -hmm. Even if he really didn't enjoy it, he would say he did just to make a point. (laughs) Yes, he would. (laughs) All right. And then our last taco item is actually not made of taco. No, it's not. But I love this so much because it's something that I've actually kind of grown up with. And it is the Octodog. Love it. It is a hot dog that... Before you cook it, well, the way we do it is you cut half of it lengthwise into eight sticks, sort of, so that when you boil it or however you cook it, they kind of curl up to look like octopus legs. So much fun. It's hilarious to see a kid's reaction to them. (laughs) You would think you just invented the moon. You pretty much do. I mean, like, if you want brownie points with your kids... Octodogs all the way. Yes. The first time me and my my siblings and my cousins saw this, I don't know who did it. It might have been one of my uncles who did it. And we were just like, what? Oh my gosh, that's so cool. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Very awesome. And there are some really fun things that people have done with them. So we'll have to link to some of that in the show notes. Yes. All right. So now to wrap up all this discussion of taco, we have this... Small matter of business. But it's a very important matter of business. Yes. We have this adorable, sweet little pink taco with eyelashes that is our mascot. And the poor thing has no name. She's nameless. Poor little That cannot stand. No. It's a problem. But we don't know what to call her. Yeah. The only idea I've come up with is mochi. (laughs) Because... She's chewy, but I don't know if I really want to think about eating her because she's our mascot and that's like eating your pet dog. That just seems wrong. (laughs) So we need your help. So we are having another giveaway. In our uni episode, we mentioned this thing called a rice cube that you put rice into it and you use it and it comes out with this cute little 
cube of rice that you can put fish on top of. I put uni on top of it. It's a lot of fun and it's really easy to use. So we have three of those to give away. Thank you, Rice Cube. They're donating them for our giveaway. Thank you so much, Rice Cube. In order to be entered into our giveaway, all we are asking is that you come up with a name for our little taco girl. Now, we will pick the winners, three winners randomly from the comments. Your name suggestion or suggestions, um, they do not have to be our favorite ones to win. We're going to pick those randomly. Right. But we need help. So please help us brainstorm. Yes, Um, please. One entry per person, but if you want to suggest multiple names in your comment, we would love it. Yes, we would completely love it because we want to find a good name for her. And the more suggestions we get, the better chance we have of getting a a good name. Yeah, and this this is just pathetic. She cannot continue to be nameless. No. So come comment on our taco episode show notes. Give us some name suggestions and you may be one of the lucky three winners to get a rice cube. And you seriously want one because they're awesome. They're so much fun. They're so easy to use. It's ridiculous. All right. Final little bit of info unrelated to taco, but I think important for some of the things we've talked about is there is a brand new website. It's called farmplate.com. Like I said, recently launched and it's a nationwide directory of sustainable food businesses here in the U.S. So if you are in the U.S., and you are looking for sustainable seafood or anything else, you can go to farmplate.com. You can type in your zip code, your city, whatever information, and it will bring up a listing of businesses that provide sustainable products in your area for whatever you're searching for. I, I'm just, I'm really excited about this. I think it's important that we, that we get this information out there. And if, you know, if we are able to find it easier, then maybe we can push the sustainability. Sustainability is important. Yes, very important. So despite the fact that I know all of you really want us to keep going on about how awesome taco is and how delicious delicious it is, Allison and I are tired and we need our sleep. However, even though this episode is over, the conversation can continue. Right, Allison? Yes, you can find us on Twitter at MisoTalk. We have a fan page on Facebook. You can email us at MisoHungryPodcast at gmail.com. You can always find us and our show notes and our episodes and our taco tidbits on our website, MisoFi.com. That's M-I-S-O-F-Y dot com. And we would love it so very much if you would leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes. I'm Allison Day. And I'm Rachel Hutchings. And you've been listening to the Miso Hungry Podcast. The podcast that brings you ta-ta takoyaki, ta-ta takoyaki. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm dancing over here. That's Miso Hungry. You know jazz hands? You know how people do like yes. jazz hands? I think we should call those taco hands. <laughs> you know, like little tentacles waving in the air. <laughs> taco hands! <laughs>